0: Nation, and you're listening to Feed That Nation. I'm a graduate student, I'm a future registered dietitian, I'm a health educator, a content creator, and a self proclaimed mac and cheese expert. I create content here on Feed That Nation all about college life, college health, and college wellness with the goal of helping you, my fellow college students, to be more successful, more confident, and more healthy in your student journey. I upload podcast episodes right here to YouTube every Wednesday and to your favorite podcast listening platforms, and I upload vlogs every Saturday. Don't forget to go follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation, and go check out my blog, FeedThatNation.com. Also, don't forget to go and check out my affiliate partner, Coconut Whisk. They are linked below. Coconut Whisk is a Minnesota local company. They produce allergy-friendly, vegan, gluten-free baking mixes. I love their products. I love their mission. I just had their confetti mug cake the other day. It was so good. I may or may not have eaten it at 4 in the morning for breakfast, but that's another story. Don't forget to go check them out using the link below and use my coupon code Nation. You get 15% off your order and I receive a small commission. Everybody wins in this scenario, so go check out Coconut Whisk. Before we get into this topic talking about college student travel safety during COVID, I do want to acknowledge that both Kristen and I are petite, white, able-bodied women and we both have the resources and the health to be able to travel essentially to be able to travel for leisure. And we talk about all of these things with our perspectives, with those lenses, but everyone's experience is different. And certainly anyone who has a chronic illness or another factor in their life that makes them more high risk, people who can't afford to travel, all of that is going to be your experience, just as the things we talk about are coming from our experiences today. I also want to say that this information is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Obviously, before you decide to travel for any reason, you should be sure to do your own research about the safety, the stats, where you're going, what their local laws and ordinances are, and prepare for the inevitable. So today on Feed That Nation, I have with me Kristen, who is a travel expert, and today we are going to be talking about sort of travel smarts, travel safety tips for college students during COVID. So, Kristen, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to my listeners? Who are you? What do you do? Where can people find you? All of that.
1: Okay. Well, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited to be here. Um, My travel blog is expeditionkristin.com. So that's my website. And you can find me on all of the social channels at Expedition Kristen. Um, and mostly what I focus on is travel in Minnesota. So, um, you know, with COVID, it's definitely been all about Minnesota. I think after COVID, it'll still be probably like 90% Minnesota, just because this is where I live. This is where I like to explore. Um, and I think that Minnesota has so much to offer and there's so much just right here in our own state to to explore. So, um, I focus on lots of outdoor exploration, so I love hiking and kayaking, um, skiing, and um, just exploring everything that Minnesota has to offer.
0: So, I wanted to give a bit of background for people listening because we're talking about college student specific travel tips and safety tips. I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily think about the fact that college students are a very transient group of people. I mean, in the sense of, like, traveling for leisure and traveling for fun. Maybe college students do a lot of that, maybe they don't, but I certainly did a lot of, I would say, essential travel, traveling a lot between my college campus and my hometown, traveling a lot between just, you know, moving from one place to another. I think I lived in, like, seven different places in my undergrad experience, and my husband lived in, I think, 11 different places in his college experience, and so a lot of moving, a lot of traveling, a lot of packing and unpacking and repacking and all of that. And then with COVID, it's so crazy because now college students are not only trying to figure out how to live a transient traveling kind of lifestyle in that way, but also trying to do it with a global pandemic and thinking about, you know, where am I going to live? Am I going to live on campus this semester? Am I going to live off campus? Am I going to live at home? And honestly, so many college campuses are making that super irritating by not Officially deciding whether they're going to have in-person or hybrid or remote learning until like the very last minute, making it even harder for students to decide where to live and when to pack and all of that. And then adding on another complication of the fact that a lot of students have lost jobs during the pandemic or a lot of students whose parents have claimed them as dependents are not able to receive the stimulus checks and other forms of funding. And unemployment is always super weird as a college student and trying to figure all of that out. And so college students are often a lot more financially vulnerable in this situation, but especially during COVID. And so with all of that in mind, I would first love to know, Kristen, what are your biggest tips or advice for college students who find themselves traveling frequently and tips to make that experience easier, tips to make that experience safer. What do you got for us?
1: Yeah, I think um, you're spot on. There's so much happening right now and there's so much to take into consideration. Um, I'm from Long Island. Originally, I grew up in New York, so my whole family is in New York. Um, I've been in Minnesota now for 10 years, but I um, also you know have family not nearby so so trying to figure out how to travel um, safely has been a challenge. Uh, I did also go to school out of state I went to the University of Scranton in Pennsylvania um, when my family you know was on Long Island still so I, I have some experience with this and um, what I'll say is, uh, this past year, I actually went a whole year without seeing my family because of COVID. So it was uh, from one Christmas to the next Christmas that I didn't see them. And it took so much planning uh, to, to get out there and to see them and to just be really thoughtful and careful, my, my dad is high risk. Uh, my sister had a baby over the summer. So, you know, there's so many people and things to take into consideration. Uh, it's a 20 hour drive. So, you know, that presents some other issues and are we flying and it was, it was a lot and it took a long time to figure it out. And um, I think that, you know, for each person, it's a, it's a personal decision about, is it necessary to travel, right? And we all define necessary differently. Um, who, who's in our family, who's high risk, who is in the household that you're going to, as well as the, where you're living right now, if it's with roommates or other college kids. Uh, So there's so much to take into account, but I do think that it can be done safely. Um, I'll just give an example. When I went to New York, I was tested before my flight of leaving Minnesota and then I was tested again after I got to New York. I also quarantined uh, in New York until I received my test results. And um, I did a ton of research on what airline to fly and I ended up flying Delta. Just because I had heard such great reviews about, you know, they're still leaving so many seats empty, and um, just really, I felt that they were meeting my needs and expectations for being careful. So I think um, it's definitely a hard time, and there's so much to take into account. But if if someone really does want to travel, I think it can be done safely.
0: What would you say? You mentioned flying. A lot of college students end up flying, especially when they live out of state or their college is a different state or even a different town from where they grew up. But what would you say are some pros and cons to choosing to drive yourself versus choosing a plane, a train, a bus or other kind of public transport?
1: Yeah. And, you know, again, it's it's I think it's going to come down to personal preference and comfort. But I do think that there are some key differences. Um, I personally would not get on a bus uh, right now. I don't think that the air circulation is is good enough, um, especially with it being winter. And I would kind of assume that windows would be closed. Um, just you know, with how frigid it is right now. Um, I think you know a, a car is an option, right? If you're driving yourself or driving with one other family member. Um, But again, that depends who you're driving with because that's such an enclosed space with really no circulation. I do feel comfortable flying. Um, I didn't for a while, but I learned a lot and did some research. And what I've learned is that um, there's the air circulation on a plane is just really, really good and it's constantly recirculating. So it's actually pretty fresh air on a plane. Um, so I just did my best to, when I was in the airport to, you know, stay very clear from other people, um, you know, try to like not eat and drink so I wouldn't have to use the bathroom or take my mask off or anything. Um, I ended up traveling with a mask and a shield just for my own comfort level. Um, so I think, I, I do think that planes are actually pretty safe right now. Um, I do have one kind of crazy story, which is that a friend of ours is a, a pilot and uh, apparently pilots are not allowed to wear masks when they're flying uh, in the cockpit at the time. I don't know why, but I think it has to do with just the safety of, um, I mean, I'm just guessing now, but I, maybe just hearing each other speak clearly. So they weren't wearing masks, him and his co-pilot, and mid-flight, his co-pilot started to experience COVID symptoms. And our poor friend is you know, enclosed in this space with no masks on. Long story short, he ends up having to quarantine, but he didn't get COVID because the airflow is constantly circulating. So that made me feel a lot better about a plane, um, even though it might seem like a tight space with a lot of people. I think that it's fresh, pretty fresh air. Um, so I think I think that it can be done. I would also suggest that people look into airlines and and you know some. Are handling it differently i honestly i have not heard good things about sun country i've heard that they've been packed like every seat is full um i've heard lots of good things about delta so it uh but you know then at the same time like Sun country flights are usually a lot cheaper so that's something to take into consideration too
0: yeah for sure i mean no hate to Sun country but i don't really remember hearing good things about them before the pandemic either so <laughs>
1: I know, I know. They're just like usually so much cheaper, um, which is like always such a draw when you when you look at you know your options out there. But for for right now, I am willing to pay more for my my um, personal safety and just my mental comfort and relaxation. Um, but after COVID, I'll probably still <laughs> buy some Sun Country flights because they are pretty cheap. <laughs>
0: So I would love to hear some of your thoughts. We brushed on this a little bit earlier, but talking about essential travel, you know, getting home, getting to school, that kind of thing, traveling to see sick family or other very essential travel versus traveling for leisure, traveling for pleasure, because spring break is coming up. This episode will be published in you know mid-February, right before the start of all the spring break trips. Well, hopefully not too many trips, but I would love to hear your thoughts about How can college students make these decisions? What should they take into consideration? And what can they do to protect themselves if they do decide to travel for fun over spring break?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, and I don't know if this is an unpopular thing to say, but I think it's okay to travel right now. Um, I think that the key is that you do it carefully and thoughtfully and you do your research and that you um, you know, take the necessary precautions, not only for yourself, but for the town or city that you're going to, and when you return back home to your your community. Um, so, you know, I think there's a balance between, like isolation is so difficult, you know, and we're coming up on a year of, of this, you know, and, and this extreme isolation. So I do think that there's a balance between isolating and prioritizing your physical health, but also mental health is important and it's important to get out, um, to be in nature, to socialize. So um, I'll give just a couple examples of things that we've done over the past year. uh, Back in the summer, we did go to a friend's cabin in uh, in Minnesota and um, all of us got tested before we went. It was a very small group of friends. Um, so you know we knew in great detail what their job situation was, who they had been seeing, um, you know if they're dating people or like any of those variables. we knew uh, plus we all got tested and we all confirmed that you know we had a negative test before getting together. So I know at the time, um, we had some family members who didn't love that we were doing that. Um, but for for my husband and I, we felt like, there's a balance between physical health and mental health and we were doing it safely. Um, and we were at a point where we just like desperately needed to socialize and to see some friends. So um, I think that that's okay, you know, cause, cause we did it with um, a lot of taking a lot of precautions. Um, as far as, you know, flying for spring break or doing things like that, I think, um, you know it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier of it just, just be thoughtful and considerate, you know, just um, there are, well, like Mexico right now, it's a really popular travel destination. And I've heard from other travel bloggers that I know, real mixed reviews on different um, cities. So some cities are like, no masks, everyone's crowded. And it's like, that would really stress me out. <laughs> and then I've heard other cities in Mexico are like amazing Covid protocols and they feel really, really safe. So, um, you know, I think I would suggest that wherever people want to go, they they do their research to make sure that that city is meeting their own individual uh, expectations and requirements. But I would say also that you know my blog um, is all about experiencing what's right here in our own backyard. And I think that one thing I have learned this past year is that Minnesota has so many amazing things that I didn't even know about. And I've been here for 10 years. My husband grew up here in Minnesota and we have seen more of the state than you know we've ever seen before. We've been to so many towns that we've never been to. Um, my husband, I can't even believe this, grew up in Minnesota and never went further North than Duluth. So we both got to see the North shore this year for the first time. Um, you know, Stillwater and New Ulm and Northfield and Winona. There's so many beautiful, beautiful places right here. So um, I think if anyone doesn't have money for airfare right now um, or just doesn't want to travel further, you can have an awesome spring break right here in Minnesota.
0: For sure, let's get into that. Um, I've heard the word staycation used a lot how would you describe a staycation and how can college students make the most of staying at home and having a great time, having their own vacation without too, too much traveling?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, there's, depending on the budget, right? There's like lots of amazing day trips that you can take. Um, if, you know, I'm in the Twin Cities, so I just, some that come to mind are um, Stillwater, and I know I just kind of said these in the last, the last conversation, But um, Stillwater, Northfield, Faribault, Winona, Red Wing, um, New Ulm, there's just so many cool towns. Um, Just, I mean, I love hiking, so I love being outside. Uh, Tons of breweries and um, there's just a lot to do locally if you kind of want to step it up a notch. I think that you can also look into some cool Airbnbs you know, if you have a partner, or if you want to go with a couple of friends, um, you know, if you're if you feel comfortable doing that, a lot of people I've seen get um, stay in really cool Airbnbs, like right here in Minneapolis or in the surrounding towns, and some of them are amazing and super unique. There's this one, I I forget which town it is, but it looks like a treehouse, but like the nicest treehouse you've ever seen. <laughs> Um, so I think that you can also just do some fun, you know, one night, just, it just feels good to just have a change of scenery and, um, you know, pack, pack a bag. It's like such a good thing for our mental health to just mix it up a little bit.
0: So with college students who are traveling for essential reasons or for leisure, for pleasure, how would you recommend students prepare for the, unfortunate but unfortunately maybe a little bit likely event that they end up having to quarantine or isolate in their travel destination for up to two weeks or more. How would you recommend students prepare for that inevitability?
1: Um, so a couple things. The first is because I, I feel like I, this is what I experienced um, for Christmas to get to New York safely because New York State requires you to quarantine when you arrive. Um, so I, I did quarantine um, I was there for three weeks. So I, I quarantined for the first week until I got my negative test back. So um, the first thing is m- my husband and I, we went into like a serious social lockdown two weeks before my trip because I was absolutely not taking any chances that, uh, that I would have to go into quarantine. So we did not see anybody. Um, it was like a non-negotiable for me. <laughs> Um, so that's one, right? Like limit your chances of exposure. Um, the second is I flew there. So um, I, well, first of all, I, I got tested before I left. Um, and then when I flew there, I ended up purchasing the, um, the KN95 or the K95. Um, better mask than like my regular cloth ones. And I wore a shield. So I just like took every precaution possible, flew Delta. Um, I just, you know, took all of these steps where I just was not willing to take any chances. And then when I got to New York, I did quarantine there for a week, so um, I was able to see my family outside, um, like we would eat outside or, or take a walk or something. But um, I brought lots of hobbies. (laughs) So, you know, I had lots of books and, um, I brought my knitting and, um, you know, I had internet, so, uh, lots of Netflix and, and I was working on my blog a lot. So I, I will say, you know, I, I didn't have COVID, so I wasn't ill. I was just in quarantine. Um, and I did kind of joke around with my husband. I'm like, you know, this is actually kind of nice. I'm like locked in a room with all of my hobbies and no responsibilities. (laughs) So um, it, you know, I I guess I would just say like, bring some things that are easy to transport, like a book, um, you know, or like games on your phone or, and just something that can help you pass the time. Um, Because that I think that would be pretty unfortunate if somebody ends up having to quarantine and didn't have anything to do. I think that would be very, very difficult mentally, Um, but I knew going into it that I would be locked in a room for a week, so I, I knew and could plan to bring the things that I like to do.
0: For sure, and I would even add to that for college students out there who are thinking about traveling, I would plan ahead and make sort of a contingency plan. You know, if you end up getting exposed and needing to quarantine while you're there or even getting COVID and needing to isolate until you are symptom-free, do you have the money to potentially keep paying for a hotel room or do you have friends or family there who have a room where you can quarantine or isolate? You know, do you have the money for that realistically because not to say that students who don't have the money to pay for an extra two weeks of vacation shouldn't travel, but I think that's certainly unfortunately a reality that a lot of people have to pay for for and plan for.
1: That's a great point uh, because yeah, I was in my parents' house. So I was locked in my bedroom and I had one bathroom, you know, that only I was using. Um, So it was quite comfortable, you know, and and it's the house that I grew up in so, it, that's a very good point. I didn't have to pay to be there. And it was uh, my my childhood space. So it was very comfortable for me to be there. But yeah, I think it would be very difficult if it was uh, an unexpected quarantine out of out of town. And yes, could potentially get pretty expen- expensive. So I mean, I would just recommend, you know, take it seriously. Don't risk anything. I think there's been some stories in the news, you know, where people have had to pay a lot of money for hotels or, um, I forget the exact story now, but one one woman ended up in jail for, for violating the regulations and laws of, of where she was traveling. So it is serious. Um, and even though younger people are low risk, that doesn't change what the laws are around us. So, um, just you know, minimize the risk as best as you can so you don't even have to deal with that.
0: I would love to hear. So after COVID is over, once we are living in a COVID-free world, everyone's been vaccinated, we're all safe, it's no longer as big of a scary risk. What are your thoughts on the best places to travel, both in Minnesota specifically and around the US? Where do you think college students have to go and see?
1: So yeah, I'll start with Minnesota. Um, I mean I'm in love with the North Shore. I can't believe how long it took, <laughs> how long it took us to get up there. It's just, it's magnificent. So um, if you've never done that, I think you know you can do it really for cheap too. So you go camping. I mean, there's there's campsites everywhere. So you can camp and hike and um, really have a pretty spectacular vacation for for pretty cheap. Um, I We also actually did take a trip over to Bayfield, Wisconsin and the Apostle Islands um, this past summer, and that was also really, really beautiful. Um, if it's the fall time, I love doing some of the hikes along the Mississippi River, um, you know, the bluffs down there by Red Wing and Winona are just really magnificent. Um, my husband and I, we're going to take a trip to Lutzen in a couple of weeks to do some some hiking and some snowboarding. Um, so yeah, I think there's lots of amazing things in, in Minnesota for sure. Um, and outside of that, gosh, you know, I feel like our list is always growing of where we want to go when we finally can. Um, one of the places that's toward the top of our list is actually going to LA because we have some friends out there who um, went to college with my husband in Minnesota and they've been out in LA for a few years. So we keep hoping. And then unfortunately the numbers out there for COVID have just been so bad. So once we're vaccinated, I think that will be first on our list so we can see our friends. Um, But there's so many amazing places. I mean, outside of, or just like within our country, I think there's so much here from, you know, I'm from New York. So of course I have to give a shout out to my, my home city. Um, I've been to Austin, Texas, which I think is an awesome, awesome place with incredible food. (laughs) Um, Seattle is a great spot. Um, I was hoping to actually do a a father-daughter trip to Cleveland, um, and that got canceled. So my dad and I want to reschedule that, um, and national parks. I mean, I love that too for hiking. So yeah, the list, (laughs) the list is growing and hopefully, hopefully we can get a few of those not off the list this year.
0: I feel like my list never stops and I'm lucky enough to have friends who live all over the country. And so yeah. right before the pandemic and everything started, I have been able to go to Birmingham and I was able to go to Washington DC and Rhode Island and I was in Portland and I just I wanna oh. go back to all of those places, but then I wanna go to places I've never been, you know, New Orleans, North Carolina. The list list is honestly just growing and growing.
1: (laughs) The list goes on. And I would say too, just since you have a lot of college students who listen to your podcast, um, I highly, highly, highly recommend that uh, college students study abroad. That was like the best experience of my life. Um, So if, whether it's undergrad or grad school, my brother-in-law is in law school right now. And I'm like figure it out, make, like make it happen and he, he, he thinks that he can. Um, maybe next year he'll be able to study abroad in law school. but I just think that um, it's it's an incredible life-changing opportunity. I was fortunate enough to do it twice. I did um, a semester in Seville, Spain, and then I did a, a J term in Guadalajara, Mexico for three weeks and um, it's just now that you know I, I've been working remotely since March I'm like, what if, what if we did that again? Like we, can we just like up and leave? Because I mean, to have that freedom, um, you know, in college, if you can study abroad, I just think it's like an incredible opportunity. So I I always recommend that.
0: For sure. I was able to study abroad in South Africa and Namibia, which was, I don't know when I would ever get the chance to go back there and Oh my gosh, I have a whole podcast about it. I'll link it below for anyone who's interested in that. But I think I also just want to point out to college students who are interested in studying abroad, there are opportunities on a lot of college campuses for you to study abroad domestically. I know that uh, my undergrad institution does a couple of J-term trips to, I think they do one to California, learning about the prison system and all of that. And there are a couple of other opportunities that are still studying abroad, getting to travel, but not necessarily having to deal with the passport and the language barrier and all of the, I guess, little stressors and anxieties that can go along with some of that.
1: Yeah, that's a good call out. I um when I went to Spain, I did not really speak Spanish. So it was uh, it was an interesting semester. Um, but by the end of it, because I was there for four months, I um I I was fluent. I, I wouldn't say that I am anymore, but I did have a journey of arriving there knowing very very little and then by the time I left I was dreaming in Spanish which was like something I never imagined I could do um so yeah it's if if the language barrier is a stressful piece for you then um you know there's plenty of amazing countries that speak English um and even even a lot of countries that English isn't the first language you could still take courses in English Um, I don't I don't know why, but I took all of my classes in Spanish. So <laughs> it was very, very stressful at first, but um, a pretty a pretty cool experience when it was all said and done.
0: <laughs> do you have any final wrap-up thoughts or tips for college students wanting to travel safely during COVID?
1: Um, you know, I think just to throw in my blog there again, you know, expeditionchristen.com. I do have a ton of ideas of ways to do it. Um, really, really cheap, really local, um, and and safely. So I think that it it you know it can be done. Um, you just have to really do your research and um, and make sure that you understand the, the rules and expectations of the place that you're going to, as well as the expectations of where you're um, coming back to. Because if people aren't in Minnesota, like I mentioned earlier, you know New York had a lot of different guidelines. So I think with the right research and um, a little bit of creativity, there's, there's a lot that can be done right now.
0: Great. Well, my Feed That Nation listeners definitely know what's coming next. As per usual, we're going to do my food, my follow and my fun for the week. I'm going to turn it over to Kristen to give us her food that she's been loving this week, her follow that's been really uplifting and something fun
1: that she's been doing this week. Okay, so I love this. I think this is super creative. Um, so I've been thinking about it, and for food, I wanted to mention there is this very cool brewery in St. Paul called Waldman Brewery, and I was just there a week or two ago. They have an awesome outdoor patio with tons of heaters, and um, I went with one of my friends there, and we had um, some beer out on the patio and then a giant pretzel, and I, I'm i still thinking about this pretzel because it was – I. It was just so good. I was in Munich, Germany a few years back and it was exactly like that. Just huge, soft, doughy. And then it came with um, five adorable little teeny tiny jars of different kinds of mustard. And like, there was a red one made with beets. There is, you know, a spicy one, a honey one. And it was just like the most amazing pretzel I've ever had. And I will definitely be back. So for my follow, I want to call out today's the first day of Black History Month, so I specifically wanted to give a shout out to a travel blogger, uh, a black travel blogger that I love his his handle is chubby diaries. His name is Jeff Jenkins, and he's just amazing and extremely uplifting and he writes all about um, his challenges as a chubby guy um, who loves to travel and um, I think that he brings in a really great voice and a really great perspective that um, isn't often highlighted in the travel community. So um, I think his handle is chubby diaries and then an underscore at the end. Um, so you'll definitely know though, cause he's just like a ball of positivity. Um, so go check him out for sure. And for the fun segment, um, so, you know, being that we're in Minnesota, I have been, uh, doing a lot of cross-country skiing lately and I have a Newfoundland dog. So he's like a big giant brown bear and he loves the snow. So I've been taking him cross-country skiing with me lately. And it's just like, he's so cute and he's so happy. And it just gives me so much joy because he loves to be in the snow. So, um, so he's been coming with me and we've been going out on like a bunch of frozen lakes lately together and he just I think he has as much fun as I do so um, I'm thankful that we've been having so much snow lately and I hope that him and I can go a a bunch more times before uh before spring is here
0: I love that and your dog his name
1: is Ole? Ole yeah Ole that's so cute and very Minnesotan Yes. Well, my husband went to Saint Olaf, um, you know, so that's that's how we initially came up with it. That um, you know, they're Olies, so then we thought, okay, how about Oli? That's a cute dog name.
0: <laughs> I will link the places and the people that you've mentioned below so that my listeners can find them. I will also link your information below. You are at Expedition Kristen and ExpeditionKristen.com. I. I'm very happy that you came on my podcast today to talk about travel. Now I just have dreams of traveling all over the place. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today on Feed That Nation. Just remember to go ahead and leave this video a thumbs up if you're listening to me on YouTube. Definitely leave me a comment down below. Me and Kristen would totally love to hear about your favorite places to travel, both in Minnesota, if that's where you're from, or in the U.S., or internationally. Wherever you love to travel, we would love to hear about it. If you are listening to me on a podcast platform, go ahead and leave me a five star rating and review. If you are able, definitely go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation and go check out my blog, feedthatnation.com. I upload podcast episodes every Wednesday and I upload vlogs every Saturday. Until next time, my name is Natalie. This is Kristen. You've been listening to Feed That Nation, and we'll see you soon.